Mr. Benfica is a production of the PTB Media Network. All rights reserved. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, CastBox, Overcast, Himalaya, Pod Paradise, TuneIn, Breaker, and now available on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and also on Audible for Amazon Prime subscribers. As always, select episodes available on YouTube and, of course, at www.mrbenfica.com. Please like, share, and rate the show on your preferred platform. Enjoy the show. Benfica Nation, welcome to episode 120 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, here on a rare Thursday afternoon with y'all. By the time this video and podcast drop, it'll be Thursday evening. But how is everyone doing? It has been one heck of a week for Sport Lisboa Benfica. A win at the weekend in the league. Midweek. Women's team comes up with a big victory in Sarajevo over the Israeli champions. They advance in their preliminary uh, Champions League action. And the marquee match of the week, Wednesday night, Benfica, PSV at the Stadio Delusion in front of nearly 20,000 people. And Benfica come away with a very hard fought and um, some may say lucky victory. I say Benfica did enough. I say... um, PSV was good as well, at, and PSV at times were better, but that was also dictated by the way that the match went, and that was also, um, you know, there were there were circumstances that created that type of success for PSV. Uh, pinned Befica back a little bit. We'll talk about that, that match in just a little bit, um, but we're going to start off talking about the league, okay? And... Um, Saturday afternoon, this match aired on several, depending where you get your Portuguese football, you may have seen it on Sport TV, on BTV, on uh, whoever shows the Portuguese league in your country. I always watch these games. The live run I watch on Goal TV in English here in the United States, in part because, well, especially if if our friend Nino is calling it for Goal TV, Nino Torres, of course. Uh, if he's calling the game on Goal TV, I like to listen to his his uh, play-by-play, even though he is not by any means partial to Benfica. I think that's what I like about it. I think on BTV sometimes I get too much of a fanboy reaction, if you will, from Elder Kondut. Not that he's not good at what he does, but I think he's fed a lot of lines by the producers. Um, so on first watch, I always like to watch it in English if possible. And not get any bias and make my own, you know, my own mind up about what I think about the match. But this one, like I said, I watched it on Goal TV, and I actually exchanged some some tweets or some some messages with Nino Torres of Goal TV while he was calling the game. I thought he was a little bit harsh on us. Um, yes, this was not a pretty match by any means for Benfica, 
Okay, but but it's getting lost in translation to everybody. The fact that this was Benfica's fourth match in eleven days. Okay, fourth match in eleven days. Now they've played five and fourteen. Okay, here. So when Nino says that right now, Sporting look better than Benfica. Well, Sporting have only played twice. Okay, well, they played three times now if you count the Super Cup. But they played against the same team two of those games. Okay, they've played three games against two teams. Sporting are going to look better. Sporting are fresh. Sporting, uh, first of all, the, the match he saw, they played at home also. And um, they played at night, not in the daytime. Yeah, that might mean something, but it's been very hot in Portugal. And as much as I like, love watching these daytime matches and seeing the bright sunshine on the pitch and and uh, the way it's a nice throwback to to yesteryear. Um, at the same time, it's obviously cooler at night. And you're going to be less sluggish. But it is what it is. We've played two rounds. I'm not going to start getting into who's got the best form right now. If you're Benfica right now, as we are, okay, this is a lot less about your performance at this stage. Okay, this is the first group of matches here where we're playing we start this season off with an insane schedule of course because we put ourselves in this in this position finishing third so we're playing two matches a week okay minimum we're playing saturday tuesday um saturday wednesday or in this case saturday wednesday saturday tuesday all right so there's a lot more fatigue even with rotating the squad and i think again jj's doing it Good job rotating the squad. He's keeping guys as fresh as he can, and he's utilizing he's utilized something like 20 players already in these first five matches of the season, and I think that's important. I think um, I think Benfica have gained confidence from that, from from reaching deep into the bench, from giving guys uh, some burn, guys like Gildias, guys like. Uh, Gilberto, you know, they've gotten minutes. Andre Almeida's been able to get out there and get some minutes now. So I think that's all good, and that, that helps the depth. Luca Waldschmidt's getting minutes. Okay, I know I see the criticism for him. He's got two goals and an assist already in two matches this season. You know, hey, he, you may not like everything, but he's he's delivering and doing his job. Um, same thing with Peasy. Peasy's got a couple of assists already. Had a nice one in this match against Oroca. Okay. So, yeah, he may make 10 mistakes in a row in the middle of the of the pitch. But when he gets in that final third and it's about a delivery, PZ gives that delivery. And we got a finisher like Yarimchuk. You know, he puts it away. Not even the VAR could take that one away. You know they would have loved to take that one away if they could have. And let's talk about VAR in the Liga. Portugal B win. And just how atrocious and embarrassing the referees are in this league at using VAR. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, you know what game I'm talking about. Okay, so it's the monkey in the room, but they've already gotten two points handed to them by a referee and by a VAR. Of course, I'm talking about the blue and white prison stripes. What an injustice that went down. In Vila Nova Fumalicão. Fumalicão pull level. I don't care what it is. There is no camera angle you're going to show me and no line that some human is going to draw that's going to convince me that that guy is offside. He is not offside. He is not offside, not by 21 centimeters at all. It, it, again, common sense needs to be brought into this into this VAR. Okay, you see what they're doing in England. Okay. If it's that close, the call on the field stands. That's how it's supposed to be. VAR is only supposed to overturn a clear and obvious error. Even if he's 21 centimeters, that's not clear or obvious. The referee allowed the goal on the pitch. That goal should have stood. Ours was called a goal as well, and it stood by 11 centimeters. This is the only league that I see putting... A measurement on the screen every time we go to VAR with 11 centimeters with five. Are you trying to convince people? Is anybody believing these numbers that just get thrown up there by a technician, by a human? Are you really falling for that? 
I, I certainly don't, even when it's in our favor. And I'll talk about it in our favor on the on the Roman Yaremchuk goal. If that had been called offside, I would have I would have said, "Hey, he looks like he might be offside." Although I thought that the defender in the far top of my screen kept him on, and it looks like when the VAR drew the lines, it was eleven centimeters. Again, I tweeted this at the time. I have zero faith that that is an accurate measurement. Okay. I do not trust this league or these referees to do that or the technicians that run. And I've heard, I've also heard it said that it's because BTV broadcast the game that our camera people and our producers kept images from the referees. It's insane. You see actual robberies go on in other matches. What happened in Fumalikau is an actual robbery. That goal is clean as a whistle. Limpinu, limpinu, limpinu. That tying goal for Fumalico. But the refs aren't having that, obviously. And I also tweeted out that image. of, And it's a drawing. It's a cartoon of the referee going to the monitor. And on the monitor it says, Makaku knows where your kids go to school and where your wife goes to work. That's what the truth is. Those animals up there. And the threats and the the intimidation that they put on referees has gotten it to a point where not even a video replay can be used. They're afraid to make the right call, even when it's on video. There's no that off. That's not offside. You will not convince me that that family count player was on offside. Absolutely not. Those were two points gifted to Porto. And yes, I am keeping count this year. I'm going to see how many points the referees gift them. They're crying about everything being for us. And speaking of crying, our other rivals. Remember what they used to say about Sporting Braga? Remember what they used to say about them? It's funny because we've lost to them a few times, and now they never lose to they never lose to Sporting. They outplay them every single time, and somehow, somehow, Sporting always comes out with the win against Braga, even though they're played off the pitch most of the time. No, I'm not sitting here saying Braga loses on purpose. That's as ridiculous as it was when when our other when our rivals were accusing them of doing that for us. No, it's the way the game went. The better team did not win. The better team was Sporting Braga in that in that matchup with Sporting. They didn't win though. And unlucky, but I'm not going to sit here and say that Sporting Braga's letting Sporting have it. Of course not. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Okay. Let's uh, take a short break here on on the podcast, okay? And we'll be right back to to start talking about this Benfica versus Oroca. All right, this is Mr. Benfica. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho, and you can see my Twitter handle there on the screen. If you are watching live, it is at Mike Agustinho. That's at M-I-K-E-A-G-O-S-T-I-N-H-O. All right. And uh, make sure you give me a follow. Also follow the show at Benfica Mister. And always check out the homepage, www.mrbenfica.com. Be right back, and we'll get right into this match. Sofrida a glória da vitória tem que ser bem nutrida Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Quem não fico por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo Ouve a nossa voz O querer de todos nós Até que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica Carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós A fé que não se explica 
pinta a tuga e é isso o teu colinho Na reconquista do que é nosso por direito Que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito Se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo Em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo Sabes que estamos contigo Nós somos o eterno abrigo And welcome back to Mr. Benfica, episode 120 here on the PTB Media Network. All right, we're going to start the episode on Liga Portugal B win round two. Benfica hosting Oroca last Saturday. This was on, of course, Saturday, August the 14th, early kickoff. It was a 6 p.m. Uh, Lisbon time kickoff. The match was played, of course, at the Stadio de Luz in front of a, attend, a documented attendance of 13,973. Not quite the full house that we had hoped for. But remember, Benfica had, had sold all of the available tickets for the match the previous Wednesday or the previous Tuesday excuse me against Spartak Moscow and another big one on the last night on Wednesday so this was kind of the sandwich match here in the weekend and it looks like the people chose to go to the two European matches let's look at the lineups we'll start with the visitors from Oroca managed by Armando Evangelista they played a 4-3-3 they're starting goalkeeper Victor Braga, four across the back. Talij on the right, Jerome Basu and Jose Balasquez in the center. Uh, and Quaresma is the left back. And then the, the midfield, Leandro Silva in the center with Eugenie Valderrama to his right and Pedro Moreira to his left. Andrea, Andrea Buquia and Arsenio make up the three in attack. Benfica comes out with a four. A 4-4-2 of their own um, for this one. Uh, JJ switches it up. Uh, he goes away from the 3-4-3 three, the three, three due to an injury, the the injury, I should say, to Jan Bertongen, and fatigue setting in for Lucas Verissimo. So Verissimo gets the day off, and uh, Odi gets the call and goal again. There's no question. He is the number one. Um, there's no debating it now. Five starts in a row to start the season for Odiseas Blacodimos. And in front of him, Gilberto starts as the right back. Otamendi and Moratu as the center back pairing. And Gil Dias once again with the start at left back. All right. Uh, in midfield, we had Miete and Romario in the center. Pizzi down the right. Everton down the left with the two strikers, Luka Valschmidt and the Ukrainian international debuting for Benfica, Roman Yaremchuk. Okay, so those are the lineups going into the match. And let's run down some of the incidents in the match. It starts very early, obviously. We're going to go right to the eighth minute. In a play that just started to, be, to seem harmless enough, but I think the referee, oh, this is... This is something I think I'm going to talk on a little bit. I think the referee made a mess of this. Um, I think he was—he didn't do anything wrong, per se. He followed all the rules. Everything was done by protocol. But I think this sending off was avoidable, to be honest. And um, I don't know. I've heard good arguments for both now. And I have, I have sought uh, opinions because I'm... Trying to make sense of why, and I understand now, why this red card didn't come back through VAR. Because I thought you'd go to VAR, VAR would show an offside, and that would negate the preceding play. However, the referee does wave them to play on. He waves off the offside because Victor Braga has the ball in his hands. Victor Braga's not paying attention to him. He's looking at the linesman, and that's a mistake. Yes, you can peek at the linesman, but he rolls the ball out, and at first nobody even reacts, actually. It goes right by Yaramchuk, uh, Yaramchuk. and he he walks past it and leaves. like He doesn't realize it. And what ends up happening, what ends up catching Yaramchuk's 
attention was the Aroca players panicking and sprinting back towards the ball. Of course, you got to go full speed at that time. You can't just watch. But when he sees two Aroca players sprinting towards their own goal, he realizes there's a loose ball behind him. Turns, finds it, goes in, dribbles the goalie. Goalkeeper comes out, swats it with his hand. Um, and, of course, it is ascending off at that point. Um, I would not have been shocked if the referee blew the whistle and and gave the original offside free kick once the ball was rolled out like that. Um, but I have to say that I don't think Yaramchuk reacts if the Aroka players react differently. If they don't react that way, perhaps he doesn't either, and perhaps, just perhaps, Victor Braga gets out and gets that ball cleared before anything happens. But that's not the way it played out, so... Victor Braga shown the red card for handling the ball outside the area on a clear and obvious goal-scoring opportunity. He would have been dribbled by Adam Chuk. And leads to Benfica going up a man, of course. The ensuing free kick is a ball sent in by Luca Balschmidt. Of course, we have a substitution in before that happens as Fernando Ribeiro, the backup goalkeeper, comes on. And it is the forward Arsenio who is sacrificed by Aroca. And um, his day is done 11 minutes in. But Waldschmidt, left-footed shot from outside the box. He takes the free kick, puts it off of the crossbar. The goalie gets a hand to it. It hits the crossbar, falls for Everton with the net wide, with the goal wide open. But Everton heads it right off of the upright, right off of the post. And... Still nil-nil when Benfica should have been up at that point already. Now, moving ahead. Benfica in this match, from there on, taking control of the match for the most part. And we get an opportunity in the 28th minute. Everton has a right-footed shot from outside the box. That's just a bit too high. He gets on the end of a pass from Gilles Diaz. Gilles Diaz has himself a very good game in this one against Aroca. He showed very well for himself. And again, he's a work in progress. He's a project. He's this year's Diogo Gonçalves. And I'm very optimistic about him being a future left back in this team. Um, He's a utility guy who can play two or three different positions. That's another thing that makes him key. Uh, And so far, when given the opportunity, he has played well and he has delivered. We move on, and it finally comes in the 37th minute. By way of none other than Luca Waldschmidt, said Luca Waldschmidt, the one that many think shouldn't be playing. He is hyper-analyzed, over-analyzed his play sometimes. Um, A player who has been called a flop by many, which I think is absurd. Um, There's a flop and then there's a guy, you know, who's still finding his way in the team. And I still believe he's not being used in his best position. I think he's better... Playing, well, now we have João Mario there, but I think he he's better playing behind the forwards, more like a peasy even, than he is as a forward. But this is where there's an opportunity for him. This is where there's an opening. This is where he has to play. And listen, you can point out all the mistakes you want from him. At the end of the day, he's getting goals and assists. And what more do you want from your forwards? If you're going to criticize Gonzalo Ramos for not getting goals, you're going to criticize... Harris Seferovic for missing goals. You have to acknowledge that Luka Waldschmidt is getting them. On this one, of course, three quarters of this goal belongs to Roman Yarimchuk. Yarimchuk, um, he gets on the end of a nice pass. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it came from Joao Mario, but I could be I could be mistaken. Uh, Yarimchuk beats a couple of, of uh, Aroka players just so powerful on the dribble. And he breaks into the box and then slides it across the face of goal. And Luka Waldschmidt is in the right place at the right time for the tap-in. You don't discredit the goal because it's a tap-in. You credit him for getting himself in position to tap it in. Best goal scorers in the world do it on tap-ins. How many goals does Cristiano Ronaldo score on a tap-in? Because he knows exactly where to be. How many goals a decade ago was Ruud van Nistelrooy scoring, being in the right place for the tap-in? Okay, that is a big part of being a forward is finding the spaces, 
getting there, getting there before your defender and getting position on him so that you can tap it into the empty net. All right, 1-0 to Benfica in the 37th minute. And Benfica don't waste much time as the the cross I talked about earlier comes in the 42nd minute as the ball goes down the right to Peasy. And Peasy whips in a brilliant cross, a perfectly weighted cross in a perfectly bent ball. Right onto the left foot of Roman Yarimchuk, who is 11 centimeters onside, according to the VAR. And um, I don't know why I should believe the other VAR call when nobody believes this one. So this is this is just what is football in, in Portugal today. It's about who you know. It's about your team, and that's it. And everyone thinks that their team. Is being is being uh, robbed by referees again. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if they could, they would have taken it back because with Benfica goals, they get reviewed forever. They roll them back as far as they can, looking for anything to discredit the goal. But here, Yadimchuk opens his Portuguese Liga goal scoring account on a nice assist from Pizzi. We go to the halftime. 2-0 to Benfica come out in the second half. And it's Benfica again. This time it's Romário. Right-footed shot from outside the box. It's close but misses in the top right corner. Again set up by none other than Gilles Dias. All right. Substitution in the 56th. Double substitution. Or I should say triple substitution. JJ loves these mass substitutions right now. And I get it. He's managing minutes and he's going more on the clock in on what's going on in the game, especially when you're leading 2-0. He's already thinking about PSV at this moment, I think, as PZ is off, Shromadiu comes off, and so does Roman Yarimchuk, all in the 56th minute. On comes Rafa Silva del Tarapt and Gonzalo Ramos. In the 59th, Oroca make a substitution. Uh, Pite comes in for Valderrama. In the 62nd, Befica with another attempt. This time it is Gildias. Gets a left-footed shot from the left side of the six-yard box, but he hooks it just left. He was set up on a diagonal ball from Gilberto. A rare chance for Aroca in the 64th. Andrea Bucchia, left-footed shot from the center of the box, was just a bit too high. 65th minute, and it is Rafa. With the right-footed shot that's too high. He was set up by Gonzalo Ramos. 65th, we get a substitution. And it is the return of the captain. The number, the one, the, the main captain who we have not seen in so long. It's the return of Andre Almeida. Andre Almeida replaces Gilberto in the 65th minute. In the 67th, Rafa has another opportunity. It is a right-footed shot from the center of the box, saved in the center of the goal. He gets on the end of a pass from Everton. Subolina. 72nd minute, Gonzalo Ramos here puts one off the post as he gets a nice ball from Luca Waldschmidt. Almost another assist for Luca Waldschmidt here. Ramos does everything right, puts himself in the right position, but in the finishing, it lets him down. And he clanks it off of the upright. Another double substitution here for Roca. In the 72nd, Bruno replaces Pedro Moreira. And Ordaza replaces Andrea Bucchia. Adele Terapt with an opportunity in the 75th. A rare chance for him as he has a left-footed shot from the center of the box. Close, but misses just right. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos with the header. Misses just right in the 76th. He was set up on a cross by Andre Almeida. Gildias with another opportunity. Right-footed shot this time from a difficult angle. Close, but misses just left. Set up by Rafa. Befica really just controlling the tempo here. Control, seeing out the match. Nothing special in the way they played. But you have to understand that this is dead smack in the middle of a brutal run of matches. And uh, we see Carlos Vinicius for the first time in the 83rd minute. First time this season. He replaces Waldschmidt. And I think we'll see out the result. Another opportunity for Gonzalo Ramos in the 90th plus two. Um, 
he has a header from the center of the box, but saved by the goalkeeper, Fernando Ribeiro. And that would concede a corner kick. Nothing comes of the corner kick. 90th plus 5, the referee blows his whistle for full time. And Benfica pick up the three points. And they go into Champions League mode right after that. So a good debut for Yarimchuk. Here on FOTMOB, we have... We have... uh, we have Gilles Diaz as the man of the match with an 8.5 rating, and um, I'll go. I'll just read off the the ratings. We won't pull up the goal point in this episode because we got two games to talk about. So, uh, and I gotta fit it in in thirty in sixty minutes because this pre-recorded feature here on Streamyard only allows for sixty minutes. So, <laughs> if you're watching, yeah, I just let the cat out of the bag. You're not watching live. Uh, this is pre-recorded from a Thursday afternoon, but anyhow, here are the ratings for the match from Saturday, and it looks like my internet is again absolutely crapping out, and I'm so fed up with this internet provider. I may storm in there and just give him a piece of my mind pretty soon. Obviously, Victor Braga, the sent-off goalkeeper, 5.0. Talish, 5.5. João Basu, 6.5. Velasquez, 6.3. Koreshma not even picking up a rating. Um, Valderrama, 6.7. Leandro Silva, 6.8. Uh, Moreira has a 6.0. Arsenio, 5.9, despite only playing 11 minutes. <laughs> Andres has no rating after 60 minutes. I'm not sure why some of these players have no ratings. But Andre Bukia, 6.3. Now for Benfica's ratings. Benfica. Uh, goalkeeper Odi Vlacodimos 7.4. Gilberto 7.3. Continues his his decent run of form here. Otamendi is a 7.9. He's a, an absolute wall once again. Moratu, very good as well, 7.7. Gil Diaz, like I said, the man of the match in this one with an 8.5. Pizzi, 7.5. Miete, 8.3. A solid performance for Suaijo Miete here in, in Benfica's midfield as he is coming along nicely. João Mario 6.8, Everton 7.9, Roman Yaremchuk is 8.4, and Luca Valschmidt 8.2. Good ratings all around there for, for the majority of the Benfica players. All right, um, we're going to take another quick break here, and on the other side we'll get into the Champions League versus PSV. This is Mr. Benfica, episode 120. Make sure again to follow the show on Instagram and on Twitter. On Instagram, it's at Mr. Benfica, and on Twitter, it's at Benfica Mr. And of course, always check out the homepage www.mrbenfica.com. I will be right back. Mr. Benfica, this is the final segment here of episode 120. Just a little bit of a programming note. Episode 121 will drop sometime either late Friday or early Saturday morning. And in episode 121, I'm going to be recovering. Well, I should be. I'm going to be covering and reliving 
uh, yesterday's women's team's 4-0 victory over Kiryat Gat, the Israeli champions, the first preliminary game in the UEFA Women's Champions League. They play again this Saturday, I believe. Yes, they play again this Saturday against Rossing of Luxembourg, Luxembourg's champion. A win there will put them in round two. We'll put them among the 32 teams that remain uh, playing for a spot in the 16-team group stage. So stay tuned, of course, to the podcast uh, in your feed and on you on YouTube, on Periscope, wherever you follow the podcast. Stay tuned because there is women's team content coming your way very, very soon. Okay, this is the UEFA Champions League preliminary final preliminary round the playoff round Benfica hosting PSV of the Netherlands of course and again at the Stadio de Luz and the German Felix Birch is the referee and that is nauseating to most Benficistas and I do not like to see this guy refereeing our team nothing personal but I don't want to see him anywhere near our team pretty much ever um, and again he I didn't particularly like his his work in this match. But uh, let's go to the lineups then. Starting with PSV for their manager, Roger Schmidt, who coming into this match is undefeated in his career against Georges Zouge. They've met six times. Uh, Joel Dromel is the goalkeeper for PSV. Four in the back. Philippe uh, Mouini is the right back. Uh, Ramayu and, and Boscagli are the center back pairing with Philip Max playing as the left back. They put a, they show a three-man midfield here with Mario Goza playing as the center midfielder with Ibrahim Sangare to his right and Marco Van Ginkel, the captain, to his left. With the three in attack. This is a very, very dangerous attack, let me tell you. Uh, in preparation for this match, I did go back. Thank you to, by the way, <laughs> to three different streaming services for this. Uh, thank you to Gold TV for having the Dutch Super Cup. I, re- I recorded that when it was PSV versus Ajax, a famous 4-0 win for PSV. Um, and then their recent Dutch League match available on ESPN+. Plus. I watched that there. And on Paramount Plus, I watched their 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 last match with Michelin. So I got a little bit of an idea of what this team um, is built around. And these three in the attack, they are just deadly when they are on. And uh, the striker is Aaron Zahavi, the Israeli international. To his right, young, Eng- promising English uh, st- forward. He's dynamic. He is fast. He is dangerous. He scores goals. He is Nani Madweke, but um, we'll find Benfica did a good job on him in this one. This was the guy that scared me. Okay, I was very, very nervous about his matchup against Grimaldo because I'm always worried about any semi-talented player and how they match anybody on the opposition's right side that is dangerous matching up with Grimaldo is always something that scares me. But fortunately, JJ returned to the, the three-man back line for this one. Um, and the on the left it is Cody Gakpo who ended up being the goal scorer for for PSV. Benfica come out in a three five uh three five two and somewhat if you could even say somewhat of a on paper it might have looked like a three four three. At times I think it turned into a three six one many times. But they go with Vlacodimos again. Okay, he gets, this is actually his fifth straight start. Uh, fifth match in 14 days, like we said. Uh, Diogo Gonçalves gets the start at right back. Otamendi, Verissimo, and Moratu as the three center backs, while Grimaldo plays as the left wing back, of course. Double pivot in midfield, Weigel and Romario, this combination uh, that seems to be working very well. This was a match they 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 struggled a little bit more in. Um, Weigel is showing some signs of fatigue as well as he had to be substituted there um, in the second half. But still very productive 
partnership, even though it did not look as good as it did against Spartak, for example. Um, of course, PSV are a far superior team to Spartak. This was a tough game, no matter how you look at it. Okay, no matter how you look at it, this was a tough game. So before we get too critical of our club's performance, yes, we were ahead two nil in this one, and yes, we you know let them pull one back, and yes, we were outplayed for large portions of the match. But this is an opponent that is very much on our level. Okay, this is going to be a very very difficult second leg in the Netherlands. But Vigo and Dromadiu did did reasonably well in this match. Again, up against a very strong team. Uh, wide on the in the attack, the two wide players, Pizzi and Rafa, and they they play with the striker Roman Yaremchuk. Okay, Benfica. So before I say what they did, I, after watching PSV, okay, and I had meant I wanted to write a scouting report out, and the time just never. Never materialized for me to do that. But looking specifically at PSV versus Ajax, okay, the Dutch Super Cup, in which PSV won 4-0, okay, which turned everyone's head, in which the Portuguese media was talking about an endless loop going into this match, okay. The key in that match was that PSV scored in the first couple of minutes, and it was Madweke who scored very, very early. Then... What happened is Ajax dominated the match for the next 30 minutes before a a counter. I I remember it being 30 minutes. It could have been a little give or take, you know, some minutes there. But uh, on a counter, again, PSV managed to make it 2-0 after an equalizer had been overturned by VAR for Ajax. And then down the stretch, the other two goals came late when the match was out of hand and when Ajax had run themselves into the ground. So not discrediting PSV for that 4-0 win over Ajax, but it is a misleading result because that game was not a 4-0 game. And you don't know that if you don't watch it. So I thought for Benfica, the the biggest key coming into this match was to not allow that to happen. And Benfica does well. I mean, they, they do it. They do the the opposite happens as Benfica are the ones that get on the board very early. Morato actually had a chance in the fourth minute to go ahead with a header from the center of the box, but he missed just wide on a cross from Pizzi on a corner. But it would just be a few minutes later, ninth minute, and it is Rafa. Yes, Rafa Silver, our, our moto, our mota, if you will, our motorcycle who runs into space, and this is a play. This was a nice buildup of play. Yarimchuk is fed the ball on a, on a pass from Peasy. The player everybody says has no place in this 11. I don't know how many more pundits and commentators and fans and writers I have to read saying that PZ Everton should be playing over PZ. Are you kidding me right now? Look at the stat line. You win by producing goals, not by being 55 for 55 in your passes. I'm not saying there isn't value in Everton Subolinia. I think he gets way too much flack from, from supporters, and I think he is really feeling the the burn the burnout from from Copa America okay he's not coming to the season well but PZ not playing well can get you a goal and an or an assist every game you go with PZ until that form completely dips i've said that before the key with PZ is when he hits these streaks okay and i'm not talking about him playing well stop romanticizing about it okay I'm not talking about him playing well. I'm talking about him producing goals and assists. Things that actually impact whether or not we win. You ride that PZ wave out until it goes. And this is this is statistically his favorite part of the season. This is more times than any other when he's found himself with national team call-ups because he produces well in these early stages of the game. And here, PZ saves a ball that was lost. 
Okay, he doesn't give up on it. He runs it down, and he manages to poke it to Yaremchuk. And then Yaremchuk turns, looks on the dribble, feeds a perfect ball to Rafa, and Rafa with his left foot beats the goalkeeper. He beats uh, he beats the goalkeeper's outstretched left foot. Um, and Befica take the lead in the ninth minute. The luge erupts, and I erupted, to be honest, as it was just the start Befica needed. Now, Benfica, after that, naturally retreat a little bit, okay? It's not something we like to see, but PSV start to grow in influence, start to grow in confidence, start to grow in possession, and they start to grow in territory, okay? The possession is one thing, territory is another. But Benfica, you know what? For for all that they might not have done right in this match, defended well. They buckled down, they cut out a lot of crosses, they got caught a few times in one-on-ones that I didn't like specifically with with um, with Madway, but he, you know, sorry, Madwike, um, they ran into it a lot of times. Grimaldo, it's like watching Grimaldo try to defend one-on-one is just nauseating. His body language is all wrong. His foot, his feet don't move the way they're supposed to, and it's just it, it's it's a part of his game that has been completely ignored because he's always played on teams where he hasn't had to defend. And year after year, this is a an issue for us in the Champions League, even in the Europa League at times. Um, but good job by Moratu to help almost every single time. Uh, Weigel had a busy day closing space down. So did Romario. They did a lot of defensive work that nobody's talking about. Both of those guys in this one. As did as did uh, Rafa and Pizzi in the first half as well. As the game went on, they started to, to get caught up a little bit more. But early on here, they were retreating as well. And they were, they were helping with containing that very fast attack that PSV have. And... Mario Goza starts to grow in influence also. He starts to find some space because because Weigel's getting pulled left, okay, and Weigel's got to help on, on uh, Grimaldo's side. It does open some space. It opens a pocket there for Mario Goza to get into, and he does. He finds it, and the Dutch side find their playmaker plenty of times. But fortunately, Benfica each time holding their, their back third, you know, their defensive third holding a line and not allowing the penetration. There's a few shots, though, where where Vlakodimos is called in for a big save. Uh, Zahavi has one. Um, in the 30 seconds, Zahavi actually puts it in the goal, but, he, but afterwards the linesman's flag goes up for offside. Avar uh, confirms the offside. In the 33rd, a minute later, Cody Gakpo... Has an opportunity is right. He has a right-footed shot from the right side of the box, but that one is saved by Odie. Again, as a shot stopper, Odie, very good. Still not catching anything that's being whipped in from as a cross. Still punching everything out. Still parrying everything out. Um, very dangerous, but apparently this is what they're going with with him. Um, behind the scenes, they may be working on this. I don't know. It's been, you know. This goes back. He is he has improved so much in so many areas of his game, but this is one area Odie is still struggling with, and it can get scary being back there when the other team starts whipping in crosses. And there's a few times the ball's played back to him, and he gets a little nervous with that ball on his feet, and he ends up putting it out of bounds instead of us keeping it. Uh, we get a chance in the 35th. It's PZ, right-footed shot from the center of the box, but he misses just to the right as he gets the ball from his good friend Rafa. 41st, Lucas Verissimo has an effort. This was a good one, actually. As Benfica with good build-up down the left, you get a switch from Grimaldo. He switches it all the way to Lucas Verissimo, who's arriving late. He's streaking up the field as the center back, as the right center back. Lucas takes a, takes a touch, looks up, and hammers a shot. That is going in, if not for a brilliant save by Joel Drummel. He uh, gets his left hand out there and and powerfully uh, parries it over the bar for a corner. But it is in the ensuing corner that good things come. 
And I had thought that Julian Weigel was struggling at this point in the match. He had made, he had had, I had counted three consecutive giveaways. Okay, which is not like him. Okay, and then he had picked up, uh, you know, he had just picked up a foul as well in frustration. And it didn't look, you know, it looked like he was struggling. But the, here on this, this play is just, it was a it was a beauty of a goal off a set piece. This looks it looks like it came straight from the training pitch. And this is what we need. Remember, in George Azuja's best years as Benfica manager, we were very successful on offensive set pieces. Peasy, peasy again, okay? Peasy again. Yes, Peasy is in this goal again. No, it's not the assist, but it, he whips in the corner, outswinging corner, finds the head of Nicholas Otamendi at the far post. Nicholas Otamendi gets good contact, heads it back across the face of goal. It falls for Yadimchuk first, but he can't poke it on goal. It gets poked away, but only as far as to the goalkeeper's left, to Benfica's right, right on the edge of the goal mouth. And that's where the big German, Ulian Weigel, is waiting. And Weigel hammers it in the roof of the goal. 2-0 to Benfica. The German scores his first Champions League goal with Benfica. I think this is his third goal all time with the club in all competitions. And you could see the weight off the shoulders of the German at that point. Uh, he knew he had had some, some you know, a run of bad plays in a row there. And this makes you forget it because it is a goal. And Otamendi with a nice, you know, who deserves credit for this as well, getting to the right spot. Peasy for delivering it to him. Otamendi for heading it back across the face of goal. And, of course, Ulian Weigel for finding the back of the net. 2-0 to Benfica right at the best possible time, right before halftime. That's where you want to score your goals. Okay, that, that completely changes the outlook for the rest of the match. It completely changes the plan for PSV. And that takes us to halftime. No substitutions made at the half. But coming out, PSV come out like a lion, if you will. They come out flying. Uh, Marco Van Ginkel, Mario Goza, they they combine well. You get an opportunity early in the half, 48th minute, and it is the center back, Jamayu, the Brazilian with the right-footed shot from outside the box, but that's blocked. By Otamendi. And Gapko has an opportunity in the 48th. In the 49th, he sets up Zahavi. And Zahavi has a right-footed shot from outside the box. But Odie with another big save in the bottom left corner. Rafa on the counter tries to... tries to. Uh, this was could have been 3-0 and been game-set match, really. Uh, it could have been checkmate. But Rafa dribbling from left to center does well to create the space for a shot. But when he does wind up and fire, it is right at the goalkeeper. And literally seconds later, the ball's up the other way, up the other end. And Cody Gapko for PSV gets it. He finds he finds some space on the dribble. He has a right-footed shot from outside the box. It deflects ever so slightly off of Nicolas Otamendi, changing direction just enough. And it beats Odie for the goal in the 50th minute. And all of a sudden, this match that was going so well. And all of a sudden, this, this match that was manageable and this result that was good evaporates. Okay, yes, Benfica are ahead 2-1. to one, But that's with 40 minutes to play and PSV in full control of the match, Benfica really put themselves on the ropes here. A little bit of bad luck in the redirection. But they try to play the, their way out of it. We get an opportunity for Moratu in the 53rd. Left-footed shot from the center of the box, but it's close, but it misses to the right. Yadimchuk has an opportunity with his right foot uh, a minute later, but it's blocked. Rafa wins a free kick in the defensive half in the 56th, which gets Marco Van Ginkel booked. Uh, Otamendi gets booked in the 57th. In the 58th, Ramayu again with an opportunity. Right-footed shot from outside the box. This one's blocked by João Mario. And Rafa goes into the referee's book on the hour mark for a foul on Gapko. Uh, double substitution here for PSV. In the 63rd minute, on comes Armando Obispo. 
for Olivier Boscagli. Obispo, of course, is the Dutch international. And Davy Proper comes in for Marco Van Ginkel. I should say Dutch youth international, I think he is. Uh, Obispo, that is. In the 68th, Zahavi with another opportunity. He gets a header, but he misses just left. And that was one of their best chances to equalize. Um, Zahavi has another one blocked in the 69th after he's set up by Madweke. Uh, Georges Zouj with a rare quadruple substitution here in the 70th. And it was meant to be a, a triple, but what ended up happening, he explained in the presser after the match, was that Gonz- uh, Diogo Gonçalves approached him as the substitution was saying, saying he couldn't go anymore. So we saw Everton come on for Weigel, and we saw Ramos come on for Yarimchuk, and actually Everton came on more for for Pizzi than he did for Weigel. But UEFA screwed this all up when they when they registered these these substitutions. You could see it on the screen; it was all confused. It had the wrong player going for the wrong player, but it was it was actually it was actually Mete coming in for Weigel. Feigl had also signaled that his day was done to the bench. Everton came on for Peasy. Um, Diogo Gonçalves comes off for Andrea Almeida. And that is the triple substitution. And Gonzalo Ramos comes on for Yarimchuk. So four substitutions made there also. PSV. Brought on former Sporting player Bruma to replace Nani Madweke. And I was relieved to see Madweke go off. Um, he didn't show much in this game, but he shows a lot in all the other games I've seen. So I'm I'm very nervous about him playing at home in front of their own fans on Tuesday. But Andrea and Tarap's first touch, I have to mention this, of course, because it's Tarap and I am who I am. Literally, his first touch, he gives the ball away and then fouls and picks up a yellow card. The most Adele Tarapt, like prototypical, stereotypical Adele Tarapt play there is right there. Um, I got nervous here because I didn't want to... I mean, we're, we're defending a lead. Tarapt doesn't bring much to that. I understand he had to come on. And... Uh, and I don't even think I read his name off as one of the substitutions there, but he did come on. I might I might have missed the moment exactly he came on. He came on a little earlier, I think. But um, either way, having him on in this situation defensively is is such a a nightmare because he does not line up well. He leaves big holes defensively. He's good when the team is going forward and pressing. Maybe JJ's thinking that. He uh, he can get a hold of the ball and and Befica can reestablish some possession. The truth is that the four substitutions in the six minutes I think the match was stopped in order to carry out these substitutions killed the momentum for PSV too. They lost their rhythm. So even though Benfica didn't play well after this change, they were much more in control because PSV had lost some of their rhythm. Um, and actually, Adele comes on. I mentioned it too early. Adele Tarapt comes on in the 85th for João Mario. So I take back what I said about him. But again, I'm nervous about him defending even for five minutes. I don't know why a Florentino doesn't come on in that situation. But anyway, um, I guess you do need somebody to handle the ball. But Tarapt comes on, and on his first play, he loses the ball and then picks up a yellow card. It's it's almost laughable. Um, Andre Almeida also gets caught in one play where the ball gets caught between his legs and he ends up reaching for it, catches the PSV player and, go, and picks up a yellow card for himself shortly after. Um, very nerve-wracking into the match because Bef- the fatigue is, is very visible on Befica. You can see it. Um, if you don't want to, if you don't see it, it's because you're choosing not to see it because it, it's very much there. They're making the type of mistakes you make when your body is starting to over, uh, how do I say, not overwork, but your body is starting to go into a, an exhausted state match after match after match. And it doesn't get any easier. It only gets harder. 
Got a tough one on Saturday at uh, at Gilles Vicente. But if he could do see the results out, it's not. It would have been better to be two nil or three nil. Of course, had had Rafa finished that opportunity, maybe we're talking about a three nil or a three one. But in the end, it is two to Benfica, one to PSV. I do have the goal point for this. Let's take a look very quickly. We are running out of time here, but I will put it up on the screen for you. For those of you listening, I'll quickly read off the goal point uh, ratings. So here we are. And starting with PSG, their XG was 0.5. So uh, Benfica did well to, well, they gave up a goal that they shouldn't have. But again, that was off a redirection. Um, 5.8 for Drummel, 4.8 for Mwene on the right. Uh, Ramayu 6.1, Boscagli 7.2, Max Phillips, or Philip Max, I should say 5.5, Gapko 7.5, Sangare 6.9, Gotza 5.7, Van Ginko 5.7, Madueke 5.0, and Zahavi 5.5, off the bench, Obispo 5.1, Proper 5.0, and Bruma 4.8, Benfica, Vlakodimos 6.0. Jogon Sauch 5.1. Lucas Verissimo, another solid 7.1 performance. Weigel 6.8. Otamendi 5.5. Uh, his rating affected by that goal that deflected off of him. João Mario 5.4. Moratu 5.1. Grimaldo 5.9. Rafa with a man of the match performance 7.6. PZ 5.3. And Yarimchuk 5.4 off the bench. Gonzalo Everton, both with 4.9s. Andre Almeida 4.6. And Mete. Comes in for a 5.3. Stats are what they are. I mean, 10 shots each. Four on target for Benfica. Five for PSV. Uh, The important stats here, as I am running out of time, is the vertical pass. Benfica actually had an inferior vertical pass uh, percentage. One of the few times you see that. Also, fewer uh, defensive actions in the opponent's midfield. Rarely do they lose on this stat. They lost 10 to 9 there. And um, actions in the opponent's area. They also lost that battle. But Benfica is not going to worry about those. They are going to be happy to come home and to pick up the 2-1 victory and take that lead with them to Eindhoven. So we got, again, an episode dropping in the next day or two covering the Benfica women's team. All right. Saturday, Benfica are at Gil Vicente and Barcelos. That's a 1 o'clock Eastern time kickoff here in the United States, 10 a.m. Pacific. Makes it again 6 p.m. in Portugal. And then next Tuesday in Eindhoven. I'm going to try to put an episode out this weekend as well to cover the Gil Vicente match. All right, that's all for this episode here on Mr. Benfica. This is the Mr. Mike Agostinho signing off. And I will see you next time here on Mr. Benfica on the PTB Media Network. Agora vamos brindar novamente O sorriso na cara está sempre presente O nosso caminho é seguir em frente Esqueço o teu passado e vivo o presente E se for rir o levo toda a gente Ao meu lado tenho os mesmos deste sempre Firme na corrida com a fé na minha vida até o fim só sabemos viver assim Olhem para mim Para tudo passa a palavra Digo que estou aqui Com família, amigos A minha volta para repetir Uma festa Uma festa
com golo, sou um crack. Um crack. Tem festa na claca, hoje é só loucura, vencemos o combate. Isso aqui é futebol, fizemos com amor, sem raça, Eu tô aqui Com família e amigos A minha volta pra repetir 